Boost your income by 30% with the power of audiobooks on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Writing Jobs, your number one resource for high-paying writing jobs. To join the thousands of other writers who have already been paid over $8 million so far, go to servenomaster.com backslash writing jobs. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. I've gotten a few emails lately about audiobooks. I thought it'd be a great topic to share with you today. Getting early this morning, record this special podcast in a light rain. Audiobooks are very intimidating. For some reason, they're the category, they're the space that people are the most hesitant to get into. And there are a couple of reasons, but the first reason is that we assume we got to read the book ourselves. Now, if you've read any of my books, you know that that's not true because I don't read any of my own books. Even when I create a book by dictation, there's so many problems with the audio. I would never try to turn my own voice into the audio book. It's a lot of work. It's very daunting. And I simply don't have that time allocation. Now, some people I work with, some people I coach, you're part of a partnership, whether you're the publisher or the author, and you have more free time when you're working as part of a team and you can then record your own audiobooks. I just don't have the patience to sit down and record myself talking without making any mistakes. Additionally, I don't know if I can get the background noise perfect enough to please the good people at audible.com who have to decide if your stuff is good enough. But there are so many pieces of an audiobook that we have fear about, but it's all because of assumptions. When I first started doing books, I thought I could never do an audiobook. I don't know how to do it. It seems like it's really hard to get an audiobook out there, and I certainly can't use my own voice. Even right now, uh, for the past week, and there's a reason that I've been a little bit slow with a couple of things, is that my kids are sick with colds, and it's been getting into my throat. My throat hurts right now. Normally, I like to get up in the morning and record two podcast episodes, so I have a little bit of a buffer. But this morning, I think I might be only able to do one again because my throat's already hurting. So the thought of sitting down and recording myself for eight hours straight or however long it takes, too tough. Additionally, for your audiobook to, to kind of hit a certain classification on Amazon... It has to be perfect. That means you have to match every bird to every word in your book. That syncing up is how they allow you to, in your Amazon listing, it will say, get the audio version too. It will say like they're synced up. I forget the exact phrasing. and I can't remember what it says, but it will offer the book and audiobook as a package if you get the timing perfectly, if every word is correct. So if you release your audiobook and they make a few edits to the book, they'll go out of sync and then you won't be able to offer that anymore. And I say offer that, I mean, Amazon will do it whether you want them to or not. So it will hurt your sales. Also, my voice isn't that great. For someone who does so much audio, I don't have the dulcet tones of an audiobook. If you've listened to the audiobook of Sermon Master, that guy sounds amazing. I found this guy with an amazing British voice, and he sounds so much more eloquent than me. And my favorite is people who find me by audiobook, and they listen to the whole audiobook, and then they listen to a podcast episode, and they message me and go, what happened to your voice? I say, exactly. I sound a little bit like a frog, and I know that. So getting into audiobooks can be very, very good, but it's very intimidating. And I want to basically break through a couple of those fears. Right now, from my technical understanding, there's two ways to create audiobooks. One 
is to create the audiobook download, which is an MP3 downloadable file. And the other way is to create a CD that you can send to someone in the mail. Now, there are services for both. It's not easy to directly deliver your own audio files. You kind of have to go through a middleman in either place. The middleman that I often talk about, the one owned by Amazon, is ACX.com. ACX.com is really great for two types of people. It's great if you want to be a book reader. It's actually a great place to find work. And it's also great for people like me who have books and you're always looking for people to read them. The process is actually really, really simple because Amazon owns it. The process is that you search for the name of your book. Once your book's on Amazon, once your Kindle book is live and you click a book and say, this is my book, I want to hire someone to read it. They actually give you three choices. You can say, I want to record it myself. I want to upload a recording I've already made and I want to hire someone. And once you say you want to hire someone, you start answering questions. And the questions are really, really simple. How many words is the book? What's the genre of the book? Do you want a male or female voice? You answer a bunch of these questions. And I usually say just the gender to match whatever the pen name is. So for my female books, it's a female. And for my books for Serpent Master, it's a male. So I've actually mostly hired female audio, female voices. Once you list your book and you kind of say what you're looking for, you do have to provide a sample. I tend to provide a couple hundred words, like three or 400 words of a section from the book, you have to upload that so that someone has a demo script. And then people who are interested will message you and say, here's my audition. And they'll send you these little audition files. And it's really great. Now, there are a couple of steps in this process where people get stuck. The first step is not knowing about ACX.com. The second step is thinking you have to do your own voice. The third step is when you're in this interview process, they'll send you all these audio files and it will say, do you want to download the file or listen to it through the website? ACX.com is notorious for making audio sound bad. So if you play all these files on the website, you're like, wow, they only had only terrible people messaged me. And you play the audio files, they all sound terrible. But if you download them, they all actually sound pretty good. Now, when you create the final version of an audiobook and it gets uploaded onto Amazon and audible.com, which again are both owned by Amazon, they do a lower quality than you're expecting. The audio won't be the same quality as a CD, no matter what they say. It's a lower bit rate, but it doesn't matter. You list, most of you listen to my audiobook, it sounds okay. That is one thing that will come up as we talk about alternatives that people really care about. If you're obsessed with audio fidelity, and I get that. I spent a year studying audio engineering, so I've been around people that are obsessed with audio engineering. They only listen to music that's an FLAC format, which means fully lossless audio codec. There are people who would never listen to MP3, they'd rather die. Now, for music, I understand that. If you listen to the same song, especially a song live, if you listen to a recording from a concert, if you listen to the MP3 and then the FLAC file, it's, you can hear the difference. It's the same as when you listen to a CD and then you listen to a piece of vinyl. Vinyl actually records twice the width of signal. So people will often say vinyl sounds warmer because there's sound. We can't officially hear certain spectrums. Like dogs can hear a wider spectrum. You can't hear a dog whistle, but there's a part of us that can kind of detect them because the waves are still hitting our body. And that's why people who are obsessed with audio fidelity hate lower and lower bit rates because it means less data is being covered. This is something to think about, but since my audiobooks have no music, it's not really a big issue because people don't speak in a wide spectrum. But I do understand why people who use ACX sometimes are upset that it's not using the correct bit rate. It claims it's CD quality, but it's not because it's not using the bit rate of a CD. The next area where people really struggle is you put your book on audible.com. You've gone through your whole description and no one sends you any requests. And now this happened to me on my, I think, fourth book I put on ACX. So my first three, I got tons of people who asked to do it. 
So it's really easy. I just chose from the talent. But then on the fourth one, no one messaged me. I think one person, they weren't very good. So I said, you know what? I'll be proactive. I'm not giving up here. At first, I was a little down, but I bet there's a way over this. And I started messaging people. I sent emails to about 20 people just within ACX. I started going through ACX. And I said, you know what? For this book, I want a lady. Let's say that she's got a voice that sounds 40-ish. They let you choose pretty extensively in the age bands. So I said, uh, the author of this book is a little bit older. I want her to sound 40s, 40 and up. And I messaged maybe 20 women who had good voices. And I said, oh my gosh, your voice is amazing. I would love for you to read my audiobook. Please just take a quick look. The book is already doing really well. It's already selling copies every day. And I know that I can sell a ton more copies with your amazing voice, with my words combined with your beautiful voice. We could do something magical. Please just check it out. And I got seven and about seven more auditions. So about one out of three people I messaged sent in an audition. Not everything worked out. Some of the people, sometimes you'll message people. It turns out someone's running their ACX account and they'll, it gets a little, I don't know that it's naughty, but it felt sketchy to me. One person said, Hey, we're actually an audio company. So if you want to hire this lady, you have to pay a fee, a studio fee, and we'll split it with you. And then you have to split the money with her. See audible, you either pay the person a flat fee or you do a 50, 50 revenue share. There's no other option. So these people wanted me to do both. Very, very naughty, not illegal, but naughty and made me uncomfortable. And I said, the voice of this lady is amazing, but there's no way I'm getting going down that rabbit hole. So I found another voice and you know what? I don't even remember. I can't remember what book I'm talking about right now because I've done so many. I just remember the experience. And that goes to show that the voice wasn't, and the voice isn't that important. As long as the voice is good or above, you're fine. The reason you have to do this step, and this is a step that most people miss is because it's a search engine. So when people log in, and their readers, they can just see the latest books that have been posted. So if your book was posted yesterday, anyone who logs in today won't see it unless they scroll back five or six pages. Depending upon people to find you through what I would say is a pretty rough search engine, that's, you know, they can add in like uh, what gender they're looking for, what age they're looking for, but it's pretty hard to get a good sync up. And there's a lot of, there's just a lot of books on Amazon and a lot of books on ACX that no one has read. Because people are posting their books and it's just really crowded. So you have all these books that have never sold a digital copy that are trying to get someone on ACX to do it. Now, the people on ACX, they want to make money. It's their job. If you have a good voice, and I know some of you do because some people have uh, sent me emails or videos and have like these deep, amazing voices or these really eloquent voices like an angel. You don't want to spend a week working on an audiobook and then making $4. I can tell you right now that the lady who did my potty training book has made a killing. She makes from audiobooks exactly as much as I do. Every time I sell a potty training audiobook, we split the money 50-50. I like to do revenue share with people because I want them to have skin in the game. And this is valuable for a couple of reasons. It means that when there's a mistake, they'll put in more effort to improve it. They're going to put their absolute best into the book because the better they do, the more they'll make. They want to get those really good five-star reviews. And also, Amazon, the process on ACX is that once the book is recorded and they submit it, you have to approve it first, and then ACX has to approve it. So if you approve something and then ACX says, nope, you have to go back to that person and say, hey, can you fix it? And if you've already released the payment to them, You've got a problem. Now, I don't know that Amazon does it that way. Amazon may not release the payment until after they approve the book. I haven't never paid anyone, so I don't know for sure. I've always done the revenue share. With the revenue share model, the person is also the the reader, the voice, is motivated to drive traffic. So my readers will post, hey, check out the books I've read on their Facebook events. There are people who follow voices. So they'll generate a bit of their own traffic. Additionally, on audible.com, it will say other books read by this narrator. 
So when they're giving recommendations, you can get recommendations based on the voice. So getting a really good voice, getting a voice that has skin in the game will drive people through all of these pieces of the process. Additionally, and this just happened to me last week, someone out there was violating my copyright. Now, normally I don't know anything about it. What can I do if someone has a, downloads a stolen copy of my book and gives it to a friend or puts it on a BitTorrent site? You can try and become someone who's always sending cease and desist, but it's a real big hassle. However, if someone's trying to sell my book, now that's not cool. If you're gonna steal from me and sell it, that's not okay. Someone out there had taken from one of my readers, had stolen his resume, which means he had a two minute clip of him reading my book and they put it on YouTube and below it was a link to another website that tried to look like audible.com to get people to sign up for audiobooks. Now, I don't know if that site has a stolen copy of my book that they're trying to sell. I didn't sign up to the site and look for it. It was all, it leads you to like a sketchy Russian link. It doesn't lead to like a real domain. It was all letters and nothing made sense and it certainly wasn't readable. But it was on YouTube. So on YouTube, someone's playing a stolen piece of this guy's voice, which he's not happy about. He owns the right to his voice, but I own the copyright to the content. So he can't file the cease and desist with YouTube. So he emailed all the people who've used him in the past and said, someone's using my voice. Can you deal with this? And so I filed a bunch of cease and desists on YouTube and said, hey, don't let someone steal my content and send people to buy something, to buy more of it. That's ridiculous, YouTube. Do a better job. And they took them all down. I never thought I would do one of those Millennium Act copyright takedowns, but to, come on steal my book, put part of it on YouTube, and then get people to pay 30 bucks for the rest of it. That's not cool. I would have, to be honest with you, I probably wouldn't have had a problem with it if they were sending people to Audible. If they were sending people where you could actually buy it and they were audible.com affiliates, they'll probably be fine by me, to be honest with you. If they're sending people back to the correct place and they're just trying to get an affiliate commission, probably would have let them get away with it because, hey, they're trying to drive me traffic, fine. But because they're sending traffic to a competitor that's stealing and all that, no way. And I got alerted by the guy and even sent a message. So, you know, not a lot of people would have told their client base. And I also discovered that it wasn't just him because all of my books were up there. So products I'd had under other pen names that he hadn't read were on there as well. So it's not him. It wasn't just him that got stolen. It was the entire audible.com uh, preview catalog. Someone stole it, uploaded it to YouTube using probably a piece of software or automation, and it all has these links. So eventually the law get taken down, but he noticed and told everyone, I thought it was pretty honorable. So it helps to have someone who's on your team because guess what? He gets paid every time I make a sale. So he's motivated to make sure no one steals my stuff. If you pay someone flat fee, which is fine, you have a heavy upfront investment. One of the things that holds people back, and I read an article today that said you should spend two to $10,000 to get your audiobook put together. What? No thanks. I would never recommend doing that. I don't think it's a good investment. Now, some people I've worked with, some people I've coached have chosen to go that route. It's not for me. In the long run, I sometimes pay the person more. For the potty training book, the woman would have read the whole book for, I think, two to $400. I don't remember what she said. Since, <laughs> since that book came out, I did 50-50. She's been paid more than two to $4,000. So she's made 10 times more money, but that's okay. I totally appreciate that she has skin in the game. I don't mind paying people a percentage when they have done good work and she did it on spec because, come on, the book could have tanked. I mean, the book was already number one when I brought her on board to do it, but it was really... I want to reward people when they do great work. And I think the voice is very important for the audiobook. So if you've listened to Sir Mess, you heard that guy's voice. Yeah, he gets as much as I do every time you read an audiobook. And that's fine. Don't feel bad for me. It's still a nice payday for both of us. And it's really great. I love that that guy's getting rewarded because I thought he did a great job. I thought his voice sounded really nice. And actually, I've gotten a couple of emails where people comment the guy's voice too until they realize that I'm not British. But another hurdle, and this came to me recently, is that you're not allowed to join ACX from every country. 
and initially it was only in America. I think now it's in Canada and the UK as well. I can't remember. They sent out a email saying the new countries are adding in, but I know they don't have Australia right now. And I can't remember if South America's in or out. I know they were talking about it, but if you're from these countries, how can you do audiobooks? And this was the second set of questions I've gotten recently. And there's a couple of ways to deal with this. The first is that for ACX, you simply need to have a United States tax ID. I thought this meant Americans only, but actually someone I know who is in a VA heavy country, not a Western country, not an English speaking country, called up the IRS and asked for a business tax ID and they gave him one over the phone. He told me it took about an hour. He's on hold most of the time. You answer a few questions You say, hey, I want to start a business in the United States. I just need a tax ID to be able to do it. It's actually not a complicated process. In a way, it makes sense because then the money you make from ACX, I'm not sure how the taxes work. Maybe it's beholden to US taxes or maybe it's not. But either way, if your only presence in America is ACX, until you make $80,000, a year just from ACX sales, just from audiobook sales, it doesn't matter. It's not taxable yet. So don't worry about it. That's one way to do it. And I was shocked at how easy it was. I wasn't shocked he was on hold for an hour, but I was shocked that he did it now. He goes, I'm going to go get a tax ID number so I can start doing ACX in America. And I said, what? And he asked me a few hours later, he goes, got one, and I'm in. That's one way to do it. And that's probably what I recommend because it's easier. But there is an alternative. And if you're an audiophile and you really care about audio quality, you're obsessed with that stuff, you can go to a service like CD Baby. And with CD Baby, they'll kind of process for you, but they're selling physical CDs. I've thought about that actually for a couple of reasons. I like when I see books and it says you can have this book in Kindle, paperback, audiobook, or MP3 CD. And I believe that the MP3 CD, I haven't done this one. This is a little outside what I've done before and I want to share with you something I've thought about. I believe the MP3 CD thing is going through CD Baby. Now, the challenge is that how do I get someone's content through ACX and put on CD Baby, make sure I pay that person fairly. That's why I haven't done it because you end up in a bit of a copyright conundrum. With ACX, I don't have to do any accounting, but if you go this other route with CD Baby, you certainly do. So if you're going to record the book yourself or if you're going to pay the person, that's different. If you're paying flat fee, then you totally own the content. You can do whatever you want. I don't own the audiobook content for any of my audiobooks. I co-own it. Okay, I have a revenue share split and I want to honor that. So you can go the CD Baby route. You could pay someone a flat fee or you can do an arrangement, you can record it yourself. And then you have that version. Now, I would love to figure out a way to take that, my audiobook and move it to CD Baby, do the same thing. But it's a level of complexity I haven't entered yet. And if it's something you figured out, feel free to email me, explain how to do it or offer to help me do it. Very interested in that. I'm always interested in stuff like that. Maybe I need to hire a second narrator to do the CD version. I don't even know if people want a CD in the mail. I don't know how much those sell because it's an area I haven't entered into. But I do know that CD Baby pays you much better than doing Audible. Because Audible, the percentage isn't that great. It's okay. Because for me, it's just gravy. I really use Amazon for traffic more than anything else. Amazon sends me lots of customers and that's wonderful. But with CD Baby, you also get higher quality audio. The audio will sound much better because it's the highest level. It's way bigger bit rate than Amazon does, but ACX, and that means you get a really great quality recording. The challenge, and this is something I saw someone posting about last night on another blog that I was following, is that they can only put the book into one category because CD Baby is considered to be a music company. When they do the book, when they put your audiobook onto Amazon, it can only go into the Amazon spoken word category. You can't choose what category you want to go into for your audiobook. Honestly, that's not that important to me. Once you merge your audiobook into your listing, then you're covered. You only get to choose one category anyways through ACX. You don't get a lot of control. You don't control your pricing. So I don't worry about any of that stuff. What I do worry about is that you're not on audible.com. And a lot of my sales go through Audible. So when you publish a book through ACX, it goes on audible.com. 
and it goes on amazon.com. It also goes in iTunes and a few other places. They're all controlled by a single platform. And Amazon owns Audible, but they treat it like it's a separate company. So it's, you're kind of playing a little bit of a game. I want to be on Audible because that's where the majority of my audiobook sales come from. Some come from Amazon, but not all. I also get some from iTunes. They get some from other places. I don't track it too heavily. I kind of just look at the numbers at the end of the month and make sure that my trends are good. I don't really split up, oh, I'm doing better on iTunes than here because I'm not. It always comes from Amazon or Audible, but I don't look at the split too heavily in the numbers. I don't really dig in. So when you're looking at your plan for an audiobook, CD Baby is an option. And there are other options as well if you want to deliver it by CD. But I couldn't find and haven't found another way to get into Audible other than going through ACX. I don't know of another route. Amazon is very complicated because of the way they structure their business. And I know it has to do with laws and taxes. Who knows? Amazon in every country is a different business. So every month when I get paid, I get paid by Amazon Japan, separate from Amazon Mexico, separate from Amazon UK, separate from Amazon Canada, separate from Amazon EU, separate from Amazon America, all separate businesses. They all send me separate wire transfer or direct deposit at the end of the month. That's fine. More complicated is that ACX, audible.com, CreateSpace, they all pretend like they're different companies. And so they all do different things. Like recently, Kindle has started trying to get me to do paperbacks to them. So they say, hey, your digital book's done. Why don't you do your paperback here, book here too? And I know people are going to start asking me about that. So I'm going to talk about it now. I don't know if that's worth doing. I haven't messed with that. It may be that running all of your books through the same uh, platform is the right thing to do. Maybe that there's a benefit because your tracking is a little more detailed if you upload through KDP instead of uploading through CreateSpace. But I don't know because I haven't done it. I don't I have a system that works. I like having CreateSpace separate from KDP. Additionally, CreateSpace pays you faster. So for Kindle books, you have to wait at the end of month plus 60 days. But for CreateSpace, it's only end of month plus 30. So you only have to wait one extra month. What's even better is audiobooks, ACX actually pays me at the end of the month plus about two weeks. So I get paid the fastest for audiobooks, faster than anything else. They pay me first. So for everything I sell this month, first I'll get paid by Audible, by audiobooks. Then a month later, I'll get paid for the paperbacks. Then a month after that, I get paid for the digital sales all from this month. I like having one of those cycles because I've had months. So crazy. Last year, I had a month where my audiobooks did really bad. Then I had a month where my paperbacks did bad. Then I had a month where my digital to bad, but because I get paid from the different months, it didn't get hit all at once. It kind of mixed them all up. And that's what's good about having these different payment cycles. I'm okay with it. Once you get going, it's great because even after you retire, you'll still get paid for a couple more months. When you're looking at doing audiobooks, don't be overwhelmed by the complexity. It's really not that hard. The setup isn't that complicated. If you buy a copy of Breaking Orbit, I have a step-by-step walkthrough that you can get that step-by-step PDF that takes you through each step of this process, which I've kind of explained to you big picture here. And it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be complicated. You just find someone with a great voice and say, hey, we read my book. Let's split the money. Or you can ask them what they want to be paid and they'll tell you the fee up front. People range anywhere from $20 an hour up to $500 an hour. There really is a wide spectrum. And if you're someone who's reading books, you can also get paid a pretty good living. You could build up your own catalog business because guess what? If you were the voice that read all of my books, you're making exactly what I do from audiobooks. Our salaries would be equal because everything I do in audiobooks is 50-50 with the voice. This is a great market to enter. It doesn't need to be overwhelming. And as always, with every challenge you face, you can either see an obstacle or an opportunity. I love audiobooks because very few people do them. Most people don't understand it. Most people are intimidated. They don't see the opportunity. That means there's very little competition there. So I have a book on Amazon that has over a thousand books in the same category that are direct competitors. When I look at audible.com, there are less than five. I dominate certain spaces and audiobooks because there aren't any other books in the category. And that's wonderful. So if you want to boost your income by 30 to 40% every single month, go out there, head over to acx.com, 
and make that audio version of your book. And as a special treat below this recording, below this episode at the bottom of the blog post, I have a link to where you can get the audiobook version of Serve to Master and Breaking Orbit absolutely for free. It's something very cool you can do with Audible as well as give away copies of your book for free, your audiobook. And I'll show you how in the bottom of this episode. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode.